Hello and welcome along to the new music podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Adam Tinney and I'm joined here by Strife Darko. Thank you for joining me today, gents. That's all right. We've got Jack and we've got George from, from the band. No, we are uh, missing Tom. No Tom today. The magnificent hair isn't in the studio today. Yeah, yeah he's doing crimes, I think. Driving about. Doing crimes. Doing crimes. <laughs> General crimes. <laughs> Pick and choose. He's a wild card like that. <laughs> he is. So, um, Jack, we've met a few times. You've been in, in with a couple of different bands now. Yeah. Um, George obviously met you the first time when we did our session with Strife Darko, uh, which, just, just trying to think chronologically, by the time this comes out, I think all of your songs would have been out by then. There, there's one coming out a couple of days after this recording, but this podcast won't be out for a couple of weeks. So, yeah. chronology's all over the place. Um, it's fine. You'll, you'll find us. Yeah, it'll be up there. Just get on the Seaside Sessions, there'll be some videos there. So uh, we've got four songs to talk about today, and then we're going to talk about just influences and, and maybe some other projects you've done and some gigs that you're doing and all sorts of stuff that we're going to uh, kind of get into. But as we always do, we're going to start off getting into one of the songs straight away. So uh, first song we're talking about, ACT. ACT, yeah. Tell so me about it. ACT, the name actually comes from Final Fantasy VII in a roundabout way because I am a massive nerd. Um, so for those of you who don't know Final Fantasy 7 three of the main characters Eris, Cloud and Tifa and they're in a love triangle that's about as much of a connection there is um, but the song itself is about a guy who fancies two girls uh, he's a bit of a lad and he's t- <laughs> <laughs> bit, of, bit of a Jack the Lad lad about town um, Thanks, man. and he <laughs> he can't decide between which girl that he wants to be with so rather than being an adult about things, and because you're both, yeah, he he, oh. <laughs> he he decides that well maybe there's a way I can step between you know parallel universes and you know when I'm bored with one I'll step into another one I'll be with the other girl. And I mean, metaf- we, we've all had that thought, right? Metaphorical or no? He, he's literally thinking about that. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that Are seems like a lot of work. You've never thought about that, Jack. I mean, as well, a way of juggling two women, parallel universes, it seems obvious to me. Well, yeah. I mean, I've thought about it. Look at this the logistics involved are just mind-boggling, really. <laughs> I don't think I could go through with it. Um, so we should also mention, I suppose, the name. That's something I usually get into later, but as you've mentioned, Final Fantasy already. So mm. the name is based on two characters that you're very fond of. Yeah, so Strife Darker, the band name, is the surnames of my two favourite fictional characters. Uh, Cloud Strife, Final Fantasy VII, and uh, Donnie Darko, being Darko, obviously, so Strife Darko. Yeah. I was feeling particularly inventive that day. <laughs> I wasn't uh, part of the band at that point. You, no, no one was. Uh, Strife Darko was a uh, solo, solo project. I oh, was it? About, no, September last year? You, I, we, we got in, I got in touch with you late summer. Yeah. But I don't think we started doing anything until about October. No, yeah. So it's fairly new then. The whole, the yeah. whole project is, is fairly new and... Yeah, um, but you've been songwriting for a long time, right, George? Yeah, yeah. So we'll get into a bit of that later on. So, um, so that was ACT. So, is there anything more to say about that, or should we just get get into it? Uh, just get into it. Hope you enjoy it. If not, well, sorry. Just get forward to the next one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This is ACT. Lines Two dimensional planes Can 
Right then, guys, so uh, this is a, a kind of a little new feature, which I'm going to just run straight into this so that the audience can get to know you a little bit better. Like a the blind qu- Usain Bolt. The quit. <laughs> uh, it's, uh-huh. This is a... Uh, I can't... <laughs> I, uh, I can't think of a better name than Quick Hits, which, you know, it's cool. so, I'm not as inventive as, uh, as you kind of artistic songwriters. Um, so, I'm a drummer. So, right. This is, this is the most basic questions. It's literally, if you were to write down a list of what questions to ask, this would be them. Right. First song you ever bought. George. Oh, uh, Blink-182. I bought the album Enema of the State. Okay. Um, but it was course for... What, what's that main Blink-182 song? Oh, you're too young, Jack. <laughs> uh, not what's my age again. Name. Oh, God. Was it the one with the boy bandy in the video? Uh, what? They do, yeah, there's Blink-182 video where they're kind of mocking a boy band. I the song now. <sighs> Maybe. They talk about a little windmill, which I never understood. Go on, my little right. windmill. That one. Sure, if you, it's not sure a, if you Google that. It's not as uncool as I was hoping. You know, I've only had cool answers so far. I'm hoping you're not going to let me down. Oh, my brother Jack. bought PJ and Duncan. That's what I wanted. Yeah, my brother That's what I want to hear. Yeah. Right. First, so, so, the, the, the question is obviously single or album. First bit of music oh. you ever bought. I think... I think I uh, convinced my mum to buy... Uh, the fray, how to save a life. For That's me. a good album. Yes. I, Wait, now we're getting into it. Yeah. Uh, 
but then the first album I bought personally uh, was was of course Nevermind by Nirvana. Was it actually? Yeah. Ugh. How how fucking typical of too me. cool. It's too cool, mate. It's the answer. That answer is too yeah. cool. Um, yeah. Over to you, George. The first band you ever saw live? <laughs> Electric Six. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice. My my mate called me up. Said, "Hey, I have tickets for Electric Six. As you might imagine, the story might start. We turned up there and we had um, the album." And Electric Six had changed members a few times. Okay. And this was at Leeds Cliff Hall in Folkestone, like back in 2006, 7, 8, somewhere in that region. And um, we walked along and a bunch of the members were actually on the leads walking up and down. So we got them to sign. And we were looking for the lead singer. And we were speaking to some of the guys. said, sorry, we don't know where they are. Uh, my mate at the time, who I won't name because it is embarrassing, just went, haha, there's a gay bar over there. Just Hilarious. awkward silence. Yeah, it's mm. classic banger. <laughs> Uh, but it got more awkward when we spoke to I think it was a new guitarist and he said yeah I'll sign your album took the album off us opened it and as I said they've changed members a few times and so all the other members were like signing their names on their picture he opened Uh, it up and it's the old version of the album and his face wasn't on there and there was just this awkward moment where he's just kind of looking at the picture for himself before he got that he's not actually on the album oh no that is so awkward oh my god Um, Jack same to you first band first bit of music you ever saw live I went to, uh, it was sort of, it was it was a gig in Canterbury. It was held in like the practice rooms uh, at West Track. And uh, it was, it was at the time, Relics, uh, then Fuoco and then Gang. Uh, and it jumpstarted me. Cause I went, I went with a friend from Sick Form and we were doing music. And uh, we came out of the first set. I was like, oh, that's quite cool. We should do that. And we went back in, saw Fuoco, came back out. Oh, that's so cool. We actually have to do this. And went back in, saw the last band. Didn't didn't stop until we <laughs> we'd started started actually making some music. Seriously, just like that. that yeah, one pretty gig much. And you were done. I mean, I was. Yeah, it was. That was pretty much it, really. That was the first moment that I was like, oh damn, that's really cool. I nice. Could, I, could, I could get in with that. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Fascinating. Okay, <laughs> final thing, and I haven't quite figured out how to do this properly yet without cutting the podcast. And so I was going to say to you, get your get your Spotify out and hit shuffle and see what the song is, but I think just for ease. Oh well, I use Google Play actually, mate. Oh, do you so, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but ju- just for ease, rather than doing that, just tell me the song that you're listening to right now, the song that's on repeat for you, something you've heard recently that you absolutely love. Um, so I'm listening to this guy called Rhodes, R-H-O-D-Z. He's a French house producer. Okay. Um, and one that I've been listening to a lot at the moment is Uso, Y-U-S-O. Um, I found him, like, cause my girlfriend was listening to a chill-out playlist uh, while doing her studying. Uh, she's doing uh, planetary sciences at UCA. I'll make music. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard this. Oh, this is quite nice. That's a bit Japanese. You had a Vocaloid in. Uh, mm-hmm. People don't know Vocaloid. It's a synthetic voice. We can type what you want to say, but you can okay. put it to different pitches. Okay. Uh, so I checked it out. And yeah, I really got into it, put it on. I've been listening to Rose pretty much const- constantly since. Nice. All right. Jack, how about you? Uh, it's, either, it's either got to be When It Rain by Danny Brown. Uh did he miss an S off there? A I, think, bit of a typo. I think, he, think he did. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty cool. Uh, sort of shout out to uh, Anthony Fantano for setting me up with that one because uh, 
That's a great name, man. That is a stage name if ever I've heard one. Well, Anthony Fantana. Anthony he, Fantana. Does, he does music reviews on YouTube. He's he must be a stripper. The, he's oh, the internet's the, busiest music nerd. Is he really? the needle drop guy? Needle drop, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, sounds like a stripper sorry I was putting it out there <laughs> but it's your needle drop that's yeah that's not what you want for a stripper yeah. but uh, I've, I've listened to quite a lot of death grips and so I was like uh, I want to hear some more ex- expen- experimental uh, sort noise. of hip hop rap noise uh, and so that was that was something that came up and so yeah I've been banging that you guys are massive fans of those right from that uh, Facebook thread that I saw <laughs> Just let's move on let's move on past that <laughs> Let's, let's move past that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no more, more death grip. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, we're going to get um, into the next next track we're going to talk about. So, um, <laughs> this next track is called uh, Penfield Mood Organ. Yes. Tell me about this one, please, George. Um, Penfield Mood Organ, it's a reference to Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, um, which is the book written by Philip K. Dick that was later made into Blade Runner. Oh really? Uh, yeah. So okay. the the song kind of draws from both of those, but um, the Penfield mood organ in the book is actually a kind of cube that you can put a series of numbers into, and it'll set your mood to that. And there's an opening scene in the book where uh, Deckard and his wife—I can't remember if his name's Deckard in the book or not—but him and his wife are kind of arguing, and then he goes to set her mood mood organ to being happy. She says, if you do that, I'll set mine to angry, and then you'll set yours to angry, and we'll keep going. I'll just keep dialing it up and up. Um, and I really like that idea that you could kind of program emotions. And in the book, of course, it was deliberate because Philip K. Dick's an absolute genius. Hmm. Was an absolute genius. Um, that it relates to the whole robots, because, of course, the whole book and film are about uh, machines with human feelings, human consciousness, not really understanding why they're being hunted by humans. Um, and I really like that kind of perspective I've always been interested in different states of um, consciousness and different states of being and how they can apply to actual lives so not so much not so much like religiously but with artificial intelligence coming out and how they can be treated and so the song is asking the question you know, I thought God cared for his creatures or creatures great and small so if you know we look at how God quote unquote God treats us look would the robots look at us the same way and in that movie and the book, the way that they hunted them down and cared for them with, you know, no care in the world, uh, how they hunted them, killed them with no care in the world. Mm. I thought that was very interesting to then relay that to how we perceive God as well and how then we can then become bigger than God in that. And really, I just wanted to write write a song about it. And I picked a new tuning, just picked a random tuning and just started writing. And then it basically just wrote itself, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Here's what it's I really think. really interesting. Go Whenever on, yeah. I hear the name, I... Just uh, what springs to mind the image because I, uh, you know, you wrote George wrote this one on his lonesome, and uh, all by myself. exactly. <laughs> but uh, every time I hear the name, I think of, I think of like a, a spooky, eerie baseball stadium. Uh, that's that's what came to my with, mind with when you said really, yeah, with a really with a really moody, sad. Yeah, you know the you know the organ noise. That's that's what comes comes to mind. So this is also a learning experience for me. I think I've heard <laughs> you tell me this before, but it just sort of switched off. Yeah, can't blame you. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you're just playing drums in the back, right? Who cares? Yeah, about, no, who, no, no one just, cares about what it means. Just nah, hit these drums. Yeah, uh, I'll just hit my bins and shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, well, let's give this a listen. So this is Penfield Mood Organ. Mm. 
Set a six block plan, set a three eight two. Where I turn off the sound and listen to empty rooms. As entropy grows, the world descends into shame. If you die for greater venom, then I'll die the same. What constitutes as a living being? What constitutes being at all? I thought God cared for His creatures, His creatures great and small. Sense the absence of life and execute on a whim. Watch the fire in their eyes flicker from bright to dim. Send the Andes away for having a will to live. God has made us in His image. Who are we to forgive? What constitutes as a living being? What constitutes being at all? I thought God cared for His creatures. His creatures, great and small.
Okay, so back in. So I want to find out a bit more about the band and you guys and uh, maybe going to touch on a few things that you do outside of this as well, Jack. So um, first of all, just tell me like, so how did you get into music? How did you start songwriting, George? You know, you've been writing for a long time. Have you done solo projects, other groups, um, other bands before this one? Yeah, I started learning piano when I was eight. Um, then I picked up saxophone when I was about 12 to nice. that for a couple of years. Um, didn't get half as many girls as I was hoping for. <laughs> Turns out saxophone isn't the sexiest instrument when you're 12 years old. I definitely I beg to differ. <laughs> I was a 12-year-old girl, and if ever I saw a saxophone... Well, well, not going anywhere with that. No, because <laughs> you're nine years younger than me. <laughs> Gotta swerve off that one. Um, and then for my 19th birthday, my mum and dad gave me a guitar. Um, and then I started just teaching myself. So it's been about 10, well, it has been 10 years. I'm 29 now. Um, so I've been playing guitar. So I started writing music pretty much right away. Um, and then I started producing kind of electro and down tempo hip hop stuff when I was bored on Ableton. Um, and then I really properly started writing probably about 2010. Um, kept writing, kept writing. But I've never been in a band aside from this one. Okay. Um, it's all just been kind of solo acoustic stuff. Right. Um, and then, yeah, about two years ago, I decided that I want to give the band thing a shot. Um, sent Dan Lucas at Anchor Baby Recording Studios a message saying, can I come in, record some stuff? <clears throat> and that's how the EP that's on Google Play and Spotify right now kind of came to be hmm. um, so that was just me going in there and then Dan picking up the rest of the stuff um, and I, I spoke to Tom because me and Tom are friends and we, we met in a really weird way um, so Tom's actually part he's, of he's probably writing a song about it sorry <laughs> <laughs> he tends to do that I'm pretty sure he's writing a song about everything under this <laughs> bloody sun and beyond um, yeah so I, I used to be a video game journalist and we had a magazine and a couple of the guys there that did the video stuff, they're part of this bigger YouTubing gaming circle. And there was a guy in there called Super Game Eskimo and I remember watching his videos thinking, this guy's a chode, I hate him. He's so, <laughs> he's so abrasive and loud and everything that right. I like, really, I really hate. Um, and then I, I like went on Facebook to like find out who is this guy and he's like oh he lives in California I was like oh, of course that figures with <laughs> garish t-shirts and hair um, and then I spoke to the YouTuber guys and I said oh this super game esco man he drives me up bloody wall and it's like oh yeah yeah and they just ignored it about two years went on uh, not long that about two three years went on um, and this was when I lived in Canterbury and I went to Lady Luck for New Year's Eve and when I left I saw this guy that looked a lot like super game Eskimo it's a long way from California. <laughs> uh, forgot about it. About three, four months later, I was on a Skype call with the two guys from the um, the magazine. And there was another guy in there, Super Game Eskimo. I was like, oh, no. It's going to be dry. Like, <laughs> Seems like he followed you all through your career at this, uh, oh, at this magazine. It was, yeah, it's frustrating. Haunted you. Just finally, finally being pulled in. I was like, all right, mate. So, oh hi and he's really friendly I was like oh maybe I'm the dick in this situation <laughs> <laughs> who, who could have guessed that um, and I said I saw a guy that looked like just like you and he's like when I said oh New Year's is uh, where I live in Canterbury and he said oh what, what are you doing in Canterbury I was like I live there he said oh I live in Whitstable what? What's the California thing all about? Yeah, he, his name, he puts that, his name as... It's Ojai, California. I think I think it's 
Is that Ojai? Yeah. Oh, oh no, no, Ojaj. Like O-J-A-J, I think. Yeah, but it, it's like... Who, who fucking knows? Who yeah. knows? And so I mean, this whole time, I thought he lived in California, and right. it turned out they lived just like 10 minutes drive away, often in Canterbury. You mean you could have literally knocked on his door and given him all this shit? Yeah. <laughs> Which, <laughs> it's okay, we're going to He's making up for lost time now. Yeah. That's the re- real reason why he's not here. <laughs> Crying in CA is a bit worried about getting berated. <laughs> <laughs> Tough tits, I'm here now. Um, but yeah, the main thing that got me off is in these three fucking years that these guys had heard me speaking shit about him yeah. constantly. They never once decided to fucking mention that this guy lives down my road. They knew where I, they visited me where I live. <laughs> and they all knew. Yeah, they, all they knew. knew. They knew he lived down oh, the road and God. they never mentioned. And then I brought it up. So, oh, I just, just didn't think about it. So, so from enemies, now you're in a band together. Yeah, and then he brought Jack in and that's how the band Jack formed. In. Nice. And uh, Jack, so the first time I met you was with Trash Mammoth. The, the, the infamous I was going to say they're kind of the, the band is becoming infamous yeah tell me about Trash Mammoth tell, tell the audience about Trash Mammoth if you would for a moment okay uh, so essentially uh, I, I met a guy called Will super nice uh, and <laughs> I just shrugged my <laughs> shoulder so he looked at me as I like, what <laughs> letting everybody know um, and then we sort of I was in a different band called the Machiavellis at the time uh, and he was friends with the singer and so we'd sort of bump into each other every now and then and have a chat and talk about Jack White mainly uh, inspiration of course and uh, and eventually after after sort of the basic small talk we sort of it, it's weird because he doesn't really follow conventional you know, yeah, you know there's normal it. steps people taking a friendship. Oh, right. So one of the first things, one of the first encounters I had with him outside of talking at a venue during a gig, uh, I got a Facebook call from him, a video call. You know, it was like it was like 1 a.m. I hate uh, video calls. I never accept. Well, I mean, this guy that I kind of know rings me <laughs> at 1 a.m. And I, I was just sort of sat on the sofa. I was like, what's that? So I opened it accepted the call and there was just it was just Will sat in the bath <laughs> and he was like you're right and I was like yeah what's, what's going on Is it, so that was the, that was the sort of that okay. was a step I was like right that's a, that's a bit of a leap isn't it to be fair yeah. I mean, that, that's kind of like five years of friendship down the road exactly exactly right, I, see. I, I don't think I don't think I've Jack. yeah sorry I mate I, that bath call well on. you wait uh, it's coming so uh, fast forward to when you guys gig and obviously this is this is not the uh, Trash Mammoth podcast but I think it's a very interesting concept right like you guys don't really write lyrics you just kind of just uh, do it right well the cuff the, the idea being we sort of we, we it's a big joke really I think we we've sort of found in our individual circumstances that being in a band and being super super tight about everything uh can cause quite a bit of friction and then go on to cause some further problems but uh we sort of went in with this idea of essentially just twatting about messing around um i mean the, the first we we got tom in who's in strife as well mm. um and the first practice was we <laughs> I play drums, we'll play guitar, uh, and Tom was reading 
words off the back of a crisp packet as lyrics. <laughs> right. Uh, and that was that was that whole bit. And so I was like, that, that works. And so essentially the whole the whole premise is we get the basic idea of a song. So here's a plot. Um, and then come up with a will comes up with a riff, maybe a basic drum beat shows Tom where he can and can't play on a bass. And then we go out and we sort of take, yeah, have a bit of a laugh on stage. But it's, yeah, it's all sort of tongue in cheek quite a lot of the time. Yeah. I remember your first gig. Um, Tom didn't know what he was doing because he also turned up to the first Drive Darko practice. Right. Um, after saying he'll be our bassist, um, <coughs> not with a bass not knowing how to play bass yeah. <laughs> luckily he does know how to play bass okay now. a bit a bit well he, he's up to a decent standard at least up to our standard um but i remember at the first trash gig as well about halfway through he just handed the bass off to someone else and then just walked off yeah <laughs> that, 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 that trick made a, a reappearance at our last gig and we just <clears throat> traded instruments with people in the bands nice uh, in in the audience in the audience yeah and so by the end of this one song we were all in the audience because we're a three piece and so we got three people up and then there were also three mics so we gave away the mics as well and so there were six people on stage just having a jam and then we sort of just stood in the audience dancing I mean that away. does sound like a hell of a lot of fun to be honest with you it was, a fun way to conduct a gig it was yeah no I think that, that's the sort of that's the market that's the target like it um, yeah um, yeah, cool. All right. Well, let's bring us back into Strife Darko. Yeah, Trash sorry. Mammoth. Go see Trash Mammoth if you if you possibly can. But bringing it back to Thank Strife. So um, <clears throat> your lyrics are very complicated. Uh, I think when I mean, when you came in and we spoke about it and you showed me on your phone the lyrics to one of the songs, <laughs> and I remember thinking it was very much like it was like a rap. And then you said actually you'd been in a rap battle one time. Oh and, God. Yeah. And, and and like you because you know I love hip hop music. It's interesting to hear you say that you used to make a little bit of hip hop music back in the day. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, I I love that. And um, I don't know. It's it's like it's like hip hop lyric, but with a um, I don't know what would you describe it as a rock heavy heavy just metal or something sort of experimental rock uh we had this really nice review by musically fresh done the other day where he says that while we're in hard rock we bounce like to the sides of the genre and all over the place um so on the album kill gaia coming out later this month nice camera. solid cheers segue N- nobody's gonna notice that no. <laughs> <laughs> subtle um we we got a song Ecclesiastes one nine, which is a reference to a Bible, uh, Bible verse. But that's like a folk song, okay. like a slightly louder folk song, but still a folk song. Um, I've sort of forgotten the question at this point. Um, just how well? Let's get let's get into how you write. So the next song we're going to talk about is Hiroshima Shadows. Ah, yeah. But before you just before you tell me about that, tell me about how you write. So is is all the writing done by you? Because obviously Tom writes as well. I'm not sure about yourself, Jack, but do you collaborate ever or is it all just from you, George? The the lyrics are by me. Um, guitar, for the most part, is by me. Uh, we've got a couple of new songs where um, I've in the practice room, I just yelled, Tom, give me a bass line. And then Jack drums. And then that's how we wrote Carriages, okay. uh, which is coming out God knows when. Um, but generally writing... Um, I don't know. I like to experiment with different writing practices, and I've had a few people ask me like how to write differently because you get a lot of songs, like rock songs, will always hit the cliches with almost every band on the sun. Like, oh, I disrespect authority. Oh, I really like this girl. Yeah. Or this girl betrayed me. I said, cool, great. Well, I'm I'm enthralled with a song I've heard a million <laughs> times before. 
And one of the tricks I like to employ is if you write a song, it doesn't matter how cliche the song is, but if you then remove any references to I, we, they, them, and it takes on this whole different sort of feel to it. And so with songs like Hiroshima Shadows, for instance, I wanted to write a sort of love song, okay, but then kind of put it on its head. So Hiroshima Shadows are a real thing. Um, I'm sure some of you out there might know, but... Um, when the bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki um, with pulses of radiation. My girlfriend's going to kill me because I'm going to do this wrong. She's an <laughs> astrophysicist. Um, but essentially you can scorch shadows onto yeah. things permanently, scorch a shadow um, on something with pulses of radiation. And so in Hiroshima, when the bombs were dropped and also Nagasaki, uh, when the bombs went, you'd actually get the shadows of people where they stood as the bombs like flashed and wiped them out. And so I wanted to write a love song about two people watching nuclear apocalypse happen, like they're watching the bombs fall, and essentially saying that we, we've we been fighting for so long, humankind's always been fighting, It's maybe it's better that we go this way. There's a lyric in there, um, no, we can all become one in the obsidian glass, like when the world's been wiped out and we've all been reduced down to dust and glass, then we can finally harmonise, like all sort of be one together. Yeah. Um, because the basic idea of the album is a concept album anyway. Right. Because um, it's called Kill Guy. It's about a character called Leon Columbine who sees the physical embodiment of his hatred and his love. And through kind of letting them guide him, he, as one person, sort of triggers off the events that leads to the wiping out of the entire planet. Um, ending with Hiroshima Shadows with <laughs> just sort of everyone being desolated, wrecked apart. And so I think if you take if you take a cliched idea... And then you just try and shine a different perspective on it, a different lens, a different eye. It like everyone wants to write a love song or an angry song because these are all emotions that we feel like love, sure. hate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But if you want it to be unique, you can take that idea and just think of like, you know, say I I want to write a song about a girl. What if I write it through the perspective of you know someone else that likes her and watching us? Like just shifting that perspective helps me write in different ways. And a lot of the time, it just knocks me <coughs> so completely off track that I end up writing something completely weird like Penfield Moodle. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, all right, well, let's give that a listen. So this is the third track today. This is Hiroshima Shadows. You would have 
thought we'd done something by now Other than pretend to give a fuck But as the stars fall to the ground And every atom has been burned A rash can stand as a testament To the lessons we've never learned And as the stars fall to the ground And the fires cleanse the streets There's nothing left but the murmur Of a dying heartbeat Now every second ticking Every wound we're licking Every iota, every speck Every inch we're slipping Every romance wasted Every blood cell we've tasted We've come too far, we've done the harm And now we're done, let's face it But as the stars fall to the ground And every atom has been burned Or ash can stand as a testament To the lessons we never learned And as the stars fall to the ground And their fires cleanse the streets There's nothing left but the mother Of the dying heartbeat A dying heartbeat A dying heartbeat A dying heartbeat A dying heartbeat
Right then, so final part of the uh, podcast before we get into the infamous five minute song challenge, which I can't wait for. Oui. I'm thinking I might not even give you five minutes, just do it on the spot. Yeah. Just based on the We're uh, doing it in the car. The you do we, we, we wait I could outside. genuinely you can give me give me two, three words and put a mic in front of me and I'll guarantee I can play you a ten song ballad. Serious. I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, no, I've it. witnessed it. It's <laughs> impressive. Yeah. Wow. So he, he treads he, you know, you put your foot over some pretty questionable lines at points, but <laughs> You know, he gets it done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get into the final track, um, just to kind of touch and finish up on on, on Strife. So obviously, you don't miss together, what, six, seven months as a band, but yeah, probably around that. all of you have been making music for a long time in various projects of mm. one or another. Yeah. Um, kind of what's what struck me from the chat we've had today, George, is just the amount of, the amount you write, the, the pr- prolificness, prolificity, yes. what do you call it? The, how how, Ooh, how often how you write, how prolific you are, <laughs> and yet it's taken you, I suppose, to now to get your get your albums out and get actually some studio time and get it done. You know, it seems yeah. like you've got a massive back catalogue there and and some really kind of creative and really cool stuff. And what I really love when you're describing your songs is that there's real stories behind it. And I love the the process <sighs> that you describe. Shout out, <laughs> <laughs> but no, what I just you know, it's kind of shocked me a little bit. I suppose that that maybe that it's taken you to now. Not that you're like an old man or anything like that. I'm not <laughs> saying that, but you know. It's uh, it's obviously a very creative life that you have led. Um, yeah, well, I suppose a lot of my writing just came from the fact that I was a massive nerd when I was younger. And I basically just stayed inside and shooed friends. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, they shooed me. Nice. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's because I always wanted to be in a band. And a lot of my friends from home aren't very musical. Right. Like the people in my immediate circles. And honestly, my friends from home aren't very supportive of my music either. There's one okay. or two that... Uh, you know they'll give me proper criticism but the majority of them weren't very supportive of it um so it took me up until about like two three years ago when i moved to canterbury that i actually played my first live thing right um which was at the ballroom and i met like a few musical people there so rob from coke on the butterfield and zach van so he's a acoustic artist and that sort of gave me the confidence to play more and more live and the more that i did um the kind of more confident i got yeah of course and the one thing i sort of that people started to notice where the lyrics were different and the structure was different and I think a lot of that came from the fact that I didn't have like these tight knit circles I wasn't in any musical circles I didn't have any of these influences so I was very much left to my own devices with the writing um, and I you know I, I like writing a lot with my job video game producer I write the script for the game or I come up with a story and we have script writers for it as well and I think my main my main passion is writing stories and music's music's like very much a close second to that. It's it's intertwined with it. But yeah, there's a lot there. The kind of like the the, the alter ego Leon Columbine things that you're talking about, and you know, it's it's Strife there's a lot there. Salt the embodiments of hate and good, <laughs> and Gaia the overarching figure watching us all just yeah. basically kill the planet. Um, and so you have it in the studio, right? So you've got an album coming out. Yeah, we've got an album coming out. Hopefully, end of this month. We've nearly finished with all the mixing. It's uh, going off for mastering. Um, beyond. Google Play, Spotify, all those good things. We'll also be all the doing, usual places. Yeah, all the usual places. We'll be be doing a release as well with T-shirts um, through the group on the group shop. Cool. If you want to listen to our music, you can listen to it for free online. If you want to, if you like us, want to support us, uh, you know, just buy something. If not, don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's that easy. That's the same. That easy. Or come and see you, of course. So you've got a couple oh, of yeah. a couple of big shows coming out, right? The booking halls a big a big 
a big deal getting in there, I think. Yeah, it's it's only our third show, actually, okay. which is surprising. We're supporting Strange Bones and Calva Louise at the Booking Hall in Dover. That's on May the 9th, which we're super excited for because um, we've heard nothing but good things about the Booking Hall. Yeah, cool yeah, venue. Yeah, mm. yeah absolutely. Um, um, and we got another one as well at the Quarter House in Folkestone. Yeah, as part of Blue Sky Pie's new music of 2018. Is that right? That is right. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. How's awesome. that for See, a plug? I didn't have, sorry, just really quick. I didn't have to read that. That's June the 16th. That's June 16th. Yeah. yeah How yeah, did I, you remember that? That's, I'm, I'm coming along to that. Shout oh, out to right, Blue Sky okay. Pie. Yeah, they messaged me the other week. So I'm going to be along to that. So there'll be a Seaside Sessions Blue Sky Pie collab well, hey, for yeah. that day. So... Uh, by all means, listeners, go along to the gig, but uh, you will be able to probably see some videos of Strife Darko doing their thing that day on Seaside Sessions later in the year, so yeah, stay across. tuned. Yeah, it'll be, <laughs> it'll be entertaining. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about the final track for today. So uh, is this, this is kind of two tracks into one, right? So we've got Calm slash Horror Horror. Yeah, so Calm calm is the the opener. We're still like structuring the next album because uh, the last the album to come out already written. It's been written for a little while. Um Calm leads into horror horror. Calm is basically the new character yet to be named. Currently working under Donny Dukakis just as a pseudonym, non okay. non de plume, if you will. Like it. Um, <laughs> and um, waking up, just accepting the fact that his life is extremely monotonous. But also frustrated um, at the fact that every day on the news we hear about all this horrific stuff going on. And it isn't so much the fact that people pretend to care about it, it's that no one's terrified by it. And it's more that we're very, very much numbed by it. So one of the main lyrics is, why are we so calm? If we, <laughs> if this is hell, then why are we so calm? And it's just him basically losing his mind over how mental it is um, that, you know, we can be so placid about these things. Oh, oh car bomb in Syria, how yeah. awful. Oh, I'll have an extra large latte, please. Um, <laughs> And then that goes on to Horror Horror, um, which is him kind of flipping it around and realising that he's actually a bit of a dick. Um, so the song is actually taking a few few jabs at people that I know, and they're aware that it's, it's okay. about them as well, and they, I think they kind of revel in it. <laughs> okay. um, but there's a couple of lines like, get a load of Mr. Deep Thinker sat alone at the bar, uh, sat drinking alone at the bar, he must be deep as hell. Like all these archetypes, they think of just the guy who sits at the bar, drinks yeah. with like a book on his own. So you can do that at home. The only reason you're out <laughs> drinking at a bar is because you want people to see you. Yeah. Penis. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I'd never thought about that. I, I do often see the people sitting in the corners of wherever venue. And I, just, I, was at, I was at a pizza place yesterday and there was a girl who was heaving, really busy. And there was a girl and she was sort of watching something on her iPad. And I'm like, like and literally the view was of the Margate sunset. And you know, there's pizza, and you're watching an iPad, and like, what are you doing? You've got two Do very good options. You could literally get a takeaway. You, like, it's a pizza, pizza. It's the takeaway. You can just go and. Anyway, I hope this person. I hope she's not listening. I mean, she, 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 she seemed very nice. Buy a pizza anywhere. Go look at sunset. <laughs> drive darker. <laughs> See, drive darker or sunset. Screw your pizza. I like the uh, I like the message though. There's uh, I'm a big fan of uh, Frank Turner. Probably not quite as heavy as the sort of music you guys you guys put together, but uh, one of his new tracks, 1933. And it's kind of a similar sort of thing. And it's uh, there's a line that goes, um, 
I'll be, I'll be screaming at my grandkids we've already done this you know sort of basically saying that the world has gone back to 1933 kind of that sort of era you know pre-war we've got we've got racism we've got sexism we've got all this shit going mm. on that we're just so desensitized to so fuck it let's go for a drink that's we, kind of his we message. had a song that i kind of i scrapped just because it didn't really fit the storyline of the album um but it's very much about that it's called thank you yoni the wolf uh yoni wolf is the lead guy of the band called why uh, in America and some of his songs are very much about depression and then one of his lines is when I finally get the balls enough to do it I don't need no mask no plastic no see-through plastic mask or something and it's about when I finally get the balls enough to kill myself and I hate that I hate that because this romanticization of you know mental illness is yeah. atrocious yeah definitely and so like anyone that wears this kind of stuff like a badge of honor you know, oh, I'm yeah. depressed. I said, that's awful. Yeah. Let's, yeah. I want to help you. And the song kind of, that that song very much focused on that sort of thing. Um, there's a line, was it? White boys are the worst, cried the anti-racist. Well, good work on not judging people on the color of their faces. You make my granddad question what he ever fought for. And it's scary that sometimes I agree we need another war. Just to thin out the crowd, give us something new to talk about, like the enemies at our borders instead of celebrities eating disorders. Nice. Yeah, profound. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm or, a uh, nice guy. Are you? Uh, are you fans of the American Office at all? I am actually. Yeah, D- there's I'm... a line from 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 Dwight Dwight Schrute. Just there's too many people in this world. We need another plague. <laughs> <laughs> kind of true sometimes. Um, all right, well, let's move on because we're rambling a bit. So we're going to come straight back from this song straight into the five minute song challenge, Sick. which I'm very very much looking forward to. Uh, but for now, we've got calm slash horror horror. Time I'll look at the paper, and all it does is teach me innovative new ways to hate myself. 
And all the hellfire, or at least the fictionalization of it, nuns, like a lexicon of Novocaine. I look around me and stare at the expressions of the people, hanging like someone severed their facial tendons. And we're also obsessed with the little blue lights we hold in our palms, but nobody answers me when I say if this is hell. The way we don't go!
Okay, here we go. This is it. The uh, infamous five-minute song challenge. I can see that you've not written many lyrics down there, George. No, I've literally uh... just written verse, chorus, slow, end, <laughs> give directions, and I'm just going to make it up as I go along. I kind of feel like you're like Jay-Z, like, uh, it's just, JD, I'm Jay-Z. I'm exactly like Jay-Z. Jay, apart from it's the, funny, the, inside the billions joke. of dollars. We call him Jay-Z in the band. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yes. But Jay-Z famously doesn't write anything down. That's really? That's the link I was making, yeah. He never writes lyrics N- down. Nor does R. Kelly. Right. Oh. Yeah, don't want to go. Don't want to associate with that though. Let's, I've already uh, been to the toilet. You're safe. <laughs> Let's move on. Okay, right. Five minutes on the Drive Darko. Over to you guys. Take it away.
I just want you to hold the book up for a second to show the people that will be watching this on Facebook. There is no lyrics written there. That was all just off the top of your head. Yeah. That is unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm so impressed. I've taught you everything you know. Yeah. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> Guys, that was serious. That was amazing. Yeah, well done. Sure. Thank you so much. And uh, the, the gauntlet's been laid down, I think, for the rest of the five-minute song challenges because... Uh, you know, I, I often quite say to people that I quite like them to be a bit shorter so I can put them on Instagram, but, you know, that's mainly also just to ease the people that are sitting on the sofa because I'm like, if you want to do something that's 30 seconds, that's fine. You guys have just written a, <laughs> a feature film. <laughs> Unbelievable. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Appreciate your time. Jack and George from Strife Darko. Shout out to Tom as well in the band who's not here today doing whatever he's doing. Um, and yeah, that's it. Go and see your gigs, go and buy your album, all that stuff that's coming out after this podcast drops. And uh, that's it, right, guys? Oh, yeah. Thank Wonderful. Thank you very much for having us. And thank you for watching. That's yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> thank you. Uh, cardinal, cardinal sin. Thank Too you. <laughs> thank you for listening. And don't forget to go and leave all them ratings on the iTunes store and all that sort of business. And we'll catch you next week. Uh,